As I spoke earlier, we are slowly shifting into Lent, beginning with this day, remembering the 70 years of captivity in Babylon in which God exiled his people for their sins. It is good that our Lord, though, has appointed an end to all of our suffering, to all of our labors. He limits just how far it should go and how long we must endure. It is good to remember that there is always an end to the day. There is an end when night will be upon us and no one can work. Some fear the close of the day because it is the end of the age, the day of Christ's return and judgment. And so it is good to begin Lent in this pre-Lenten fashion, considering the abundance of the generosity provided by the Master, who not only gives the reward, but also goes out to find laborers for his vineyard. It is good for us to consider the abundance of God's grace in Christ before we enter the penitential season of Lent, when we journey toward the cross and heavily consider the punishment which Christ our Lord bore for us and endured for our sins. Today we thank the Lord. Thank the Lord that he does not deal according with what we deserve. But he deals with us according to the richness of his love in his Son. Jesus said the kingdom of God is like a man who went to hire laborers. The Lord went out to build his church on earth. And the church on earth is at the center of this parable. The Lord is the one who calls laborers to the vineyard. We would not be at all in the vineyard of the Lord with the fruits of his grace had he not first gone to that marketplace. Had he not first gone out to find us, those standing idly by, us poor and miserable sinners, And not just speaking of the present time, but even consider the Lord who went out into the Garden of Eden after Adam had betrayed him, betrayed his trust and faith in him. Adam lost his place in the vineyard. And yet God sought him. The Lord entered into that garden to find him and called out for him just as he enters our time and place. And he calls out to the people in this world who stand idly by, not in the vineyard. He calls them through his ministers. He calls them by the power of the Holy Spirit through the word to gather and enlighten the whole Christian church on earth. To keep it with Jesus Christ. To daily and richly forgive all of our sins doesn't matter at what part of the day it is. They all go to work in the vineyard. They all go to receive from something from the master. Even at the beginning of the day, he doesn't deal with those who are waiting idly by in the marketplace according to what they deserve. He goes and seeks them out to offer them a place in his vineyard. 
And notice first what they do. It was not enough for them to seek out or for the master to have sought them out in the marketplace. They do not trust in the master to pay the standard one day's wage, the one denarius. They must hear it promised to them before they leave. As it is spoken in the scriptures, they agreed upon one denarius. The first group did not enter into the church willingly, but only after having agreed upon a payment. Their work was for the sake of the reward. Their work was to get something. They did not work because they loved the master who found them. These are the Christians on earth who put more faith in their own works and what they have done and accomplished in this life than in the master himself. They believe that in the end, the Lord gives not a gift, but what is due for the work. But as St. Paul says, if salvation is a result of our own works, then it can no longer be said to come by grace. But if it is by grace, it can no longer be on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. At the end of the age, it will be made clear to all that those who came into the church trusting in their works, demanding from the Lord of mercy to give them what they deserve, they will all be made known. Only it will be quite a sad day for them because they placed far too much value on their works. So much that they lost sight of the one who sought them first in the marketplace And even though it will be made clear on the last day who those people were, it still is present in all God's churches even today. In all the assemblies of the holy ones gathered on earth, even now we have a glimpse of this grumbling. Even now the Christian congregations on earth hear the grumbles of those who keep no fellowship with the true church on earth except when it is convenient for them. And then when they stroll into the churches, they say, give me what is mine. I was baptized here. I was confirmed here. Therefore, membership to this place is what I deserve. The right to commune is mine. The right to be buried here belongs to me. They come bearing no humility. They have no repentance for their sins and certainly no honor for the one who called them out of sin to be in this church, to be in his vineyard where he would care for them. They forgot that there was a time when they stood with the other poor, miserable sinners in the marketplace without direction, without the provisions from the gracious master. It's not so difficult to see why one like this, who says, give me what is mine, would grumble to the master when he gives equally to those who have labored only part of the day. Repentance 
contrition, love for the master's generosity are not their way of life because they believe that they are more deserving than other lower class of sinners. Especially those who have come at the eleventh hour. Christ gives this parable to his church on earth to warn us to not be like those who were called the first of the day. For the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. By this parable, Christ shows his generosity. First, in seeking out in this time, time and time again, going out to the marketplace to call. We are all like those who stood idly by in the marketplaces of this world. Apart from the divine grace of God, we were unable to do anything which is God-pleasing. And when we leave this fellowship to depart the faith, we go back to doing what is not God-pleasing. Yet it is that following God's call to come and work in his vineyard, we are given those good works which God has prepared beforehand for us to do, to love and to serve our neighbor, to care for one another in the body of Christ. It's not the way of the first kind of workers at the beginning of the day. They worked only out of love for themselves and their payment. But see to those who came the rest of the day. The majority of those workers, the rest of the hours, came to work by grace. Just as they had been saved by the Master. They had trust in the Master since he was kind. And as they saw him again and again calling even to the very end of the day, they trusted his word. They went and labored, not leaving the vineyard. But they worked at his word, knowing that he would be generous, that he would give what was fitting and proper come the end of the day. But judging by worldly standards, they thought that they would receive far less, because their work was far less. And so it was when they received, at the end of the day, from the foreman first, having worked the least amount of time, and having received from the foreman far more exceedingly than what they had expected, they would acknowledge and praise the master of the house's kindness. We then should be as they were, working in the vineyard of the Lord, coming to this place, not because of the reward, but because of the grace of the master. We should not be seeking reward, whether in our hearts or minds, but working because Christ has loved us and served us first with the greatest of love and his sacrifice. We should come humbly to this place, not looking around and trying to put others down. We should not look down upon others, not even our enemies, but we should rather regard others as above ourselves. 
We should sacrifice greatly to care for those who are in our lives, especially those who are of the household of faith. We should work faithfully in every vocation that God has placed us into. Do every good thing, patiently bear with persecution and suffering, and most simply and purely live amidst the grace of God and regard ourselves as the last and the most unworthy of people. It is when we come like those who are called at the end of the day that we truly recognize the great goodness of the Master and the greatness of God's gift to us who are unworthy sinners. The Lord's will at the close of the age is to give of his eternal life and to give of his kingdom and share it with those who entered the labor of the vineyard from the beginning until the end. He will say to the many, enter into the joy of your master. Come and share with me what has been given over to me, all things. For the Lord loves to give abundantly of his love by the forgiveness of sins. So too at the end of the age will he give abundantly of his kingdom as all things are turned over to him. To those who knew of their unworthiness, who did not demand from the Lord a reward, but simply came with empty bags waiting for him to fill them. When they receive from the hand of God the eternal life, the purity of a new body, a glorified one. It will be sweeter than any payment for work that they could have rendered to the Lord. For the work which we know is the greatest happened upon the cross, happened in the perfect obedience of Christ throughout all his life, being the sinless one, That work is deserving of the greatest of reward of eternal life. And Christ takes it and gives it to you. The one who is forgiven much, loves much. But the one who is forgiven little, loves little. We all must come to the Lord of the harvest at the end of the day. With hearts trusting that he will give what is right and fitting according to his work. For the good done in this life by us must be done out of love for one another and our neighbor. Yet it must also be forgotten, not held over others, not even shown to God to be demanded as worthy of a reward. Rather, we are, as Luther said, beggars at the end of the life that God has given us here to live. We yet remain beggars, trusting in the mercy of the Master who does not deal with us according to what we deserve, but according to the abundance of life and forgiveness and love in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.
Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all their understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord.